Hello and welcome to the C21 Podcast. My name's Melina Webdahl. We hope you are safe and well wherever you may be. And my name's Jonathan Webdale, editor of C21media.net and father to Melina. Millions of families are confined to their homes right now around the world with schools closed and parents being asked to keep their kids' educational needs up to speed till social distancing lockdowns are lifted and pupils can return to their classes. It's beginning to happen in some countries, but for most, the start of the summer term means logging on to the resources schools are offering, trying to limit Netflix binge viewing and seeking out providers with slightly more in the way of developmental content. Two UK app-based startups, Azumi and Hopster, set out long before COVID-19 struck with the mission of providing safe environments for children's entertainment and education. Both offer a mix of video and games and have seen a surge in uptake as a result of the pandemic. Hopster, founded by former Nickelodeon executive Nick Walters, secured its latest multi-million dollar round of financing at the end of last year, and Azumi, set up by husband and wife team Douglas and Estelle Lloyd, in January acquired Germany's Da Vinci Media, a Berlin-based company with similar aims. C21 Kids editor Nico Frank spoke with Hopster Chief Creative Officer Mickey Hoynatska, but first Azumi's Estelle Lloyd. We have seen a, a lot more traffic on the app that we normally get. I would say about 40 times to about 60 times at times. So that's a significant increase in, uh, in traffic on, on the app, uh, which really reflects two things. One, Parents are stuck at home, uh, trying to find way things for kids to do, and hopefully looking for positive tools um, and learning products that really give their kids uh, a fun experience while also learning, uh, learning something. And to what extent do you think parents are looking to apps like Azumi, uh, which targets uh, younger primary school aged children as a kind of you know, replacement for school at the moment? Yes, so we are seeing a lot of that uh, going on on the app at the moment, just judging by the amount of traffic that we are seeing on our arts and crafts channel, for example, where we can see that parents and their children are making things together, are co-creating. We're also seeing a lot of increased traffic on our uh, wildlife videos, but also on our purely educational games. Zazumi is a mixture of uh, acquisitions and then one or two kind of original productions. Have you noticed, given that there's a lot more broadcasters acquiring content, presumably because of the potential freeze on live action production, is that affecting the kind of acquisitions market yet, or is it a bit too soon for that? So are prices for finished programming going up? Oh, but that's a that's a very interesting question. Actually, we haven't really seen any uh, of that taking place so far. But uh, you know, it's still early days. Um, we're obviously keeping an eye on that, and we're also obviously continuing to acquire content for not just the Azumi brand, by the way, but also for the Da Vinci brand. Um, so in 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 December last year, we acquired Da Vinci Media. Da uh, Vinci Media is based in Berlin and operates in lots of markets globally. They have a similar content acquisition approach to us, looking for positive programming, mostly on video. And so together with the two brands, we are obviously continuously looking for programming that fit our um, you know, content strategy. So um, uh, we are in touch with the market. But to answer your question, we haven't seen any 
changes in prices so far. I mean, I, I certainly hope that there's not going to be a significant change in prices because we're already quite stretched. I mean, I don't think that's big news, but I think that, you know, content budgets cannot be stretched, you know, much further than they are right now for platforms such as ours. So uh, I, I really am hoping we're not going to see a huge, a significant change in, in prices, which would be a great change if that was the case. And are you planning to change the acquisition strategy at all? Or given that you are already already looking for educational programming or programming with an educational slant, is it more just keeping the strategy yeah. the same? So, so the, 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 the beauty about having uh, a 60 times increase in traffic is that we have now a much, much bigger sample to draw you know, conclusions from. And so we have been able to refine and really drill down as to what our audience really want to see, what they love watching, which games they love playing. So obviously that informs our content acquisition strategy. We probably will uh, pay more attention to the top, top, top categories that we are seeing currently on the app. But there's there's another category that uh, we don't discuss enough, which is the social emotional learning category, which is very much part of our content acquisition strategy and is sometimes a very difficult type of content for the kids to create organic engagement, I suppose. It really needs parents to be encouraging and sitting with their children and really almost co-viewing and discussing the topics that are being covered by by the content. So this is an area that we're always interested in discovering new contents. We believe very strongly that it's very important to have that type of content on the app, particularly right now. If you think of programs that are about what is happening in a kid's life on a daily basis, where whether it's, you know, first day at school or being bullied or having a new baby in the family, those are big changes in a kid's life. And they learn quite a lot by watching this type of programming. And particularly right now, we think it's very important that we continue providing that kind of content on the Azumi platform, as well as the DaVinci one, by the way. And is there an existing show that kind of demonstrates those um, social emotional elements of a show that you already have that's doing quite well? We have one example that I you know, particularly like. I actually happened to watch it with my seven-year-old daughter last night uh, called Treehouse Stories. It's a really whimsical program about kids reading stories to each other in a treehouse. And it's a mix of animation and live action, which is quite intriguing and fun for kids to watch. And it covers, as I said, everything from having a new baby in the family or uh, going and staying with granny and grandpa for an extended period of time and missing mom and dad. Lots of subjects like this, lots of topics that are really important for kids to really understand that, no, I'm not the only one who is going through these emotions. You know, that's one example. There are lots. There are, there are many more. And I suppose programming that, that shows children on screen will probably be quite popular at the moment, given that you know children aren't really able to play with their friends that they normally would anymore, or unless they've got siblings. You know, there's going to be a lot of, of kids who who are probably quite confused about why they can't do that anymore. Uh, yes, that's yes, that's true as well. Yes, and and you're right. I think for that again, that that particular show, Treehouse Stories, is is a very good one because it does mix a live action of uh, you know a group of kids in a treehouse interacting and having fun and also the animation that kicks in when they start reading a story so for that it's a it's a great show as well and you're right I mean children are very confused right now I think about when are they going to see their friends again and even though they are 
even at the age of seven, having Zoom calls with all of their classmates doesn't exactly, not exactly the same. <laughs> Do you feel like your library is deep enough to sustain the increased viewership that you're seeing at the moment? Or are you going to have to ramp up acquisitions? We're definitely ramping up acquisitions. So we are starting with our current content partners and going and expanding contracts that we currently have in place. But we've already started new discussions for new content with um, new content partners. So those are definitely taking place. I mean, obviously we are still working on some of the connections that we made at Kids Screen. So still going through and following up on the conversations that took place then. But yes, we're always, we're always reviewing new content. We're always plugging gaps into our grid and we're always doubling up on things that are working very well for us. And just finally, in the long term, what do you think some of the, the kind of main ramifications of, of the coronavirus are going to be for the tech industry and the, the children's content industry? Right. I mean, for the, from the kids content industry perspective, I, I, I mean, my, my wish and obviously, you know, it is a wish at this point in time. I mean, I think it's a, a very, you know, very dynamic industry that, you know, has done very well in the last te five, ten years. And it would be a shame is if this made a very significant change in that. Um, obviously, we're still relying. At the end of the day, we are experts in distribution. So, you know, whether it's Azumi or DaVinci, we are building distribution models. But obviously, what we need is to have great content to put into this, um, you know, to, to put into that, you know, distribution that we are building. Um, so... For us, we're very dependent on the kids industry, the kids content industry to continue to produce amazing content and for us to continue to have access to it, particularly at a time when more partners, more people are interested in quality, positive, educational to some extent content. So I, I, I certainly hope that it won't have too much of an effect. I mean, I do appreciate that productions have had to stop hopefully they can restart and hopefully that there are some funds available to help production companies in this, in this, at this particular time. I mean, from a tech perspective, as a tech co-founder and running a tech company, I mean, the great thing about tech is that the tech industry has been used to working remotely for a very long time. I mean, in our company, even before the current situation of the lockdown, a lot of our staff were already working remotely. So, that hasn't made a huge difference to our tech development so far. And so I'm, I'm certainly not seeing any disruption in the near future related to the, the current lockdown. Azumi co-founder and chief operating officer, Estelle Lloyd. Now here's Hops's chief creative and content officer, Mickey Hoynatska. We have a working from home policy anyway. So a lot of theme works from home a day or two um, a week anyway. So we just wanted to make sure before um, the government uh, announced the recommendation that if you can choose to work from home, we did a test run just to test our tech and deliverables and if everyone's um, internet connection speed is, is good. And yes, yeah, so, so far it's been working really okay and we, we've been extremely busy actually. I bet. So are you seeing, you know, increased usage, things like that? Yes. So what we've seen is that on our mobile app, um, every day looks like a weekend. So we are seeing way more engagement um, on a week basis. Um, but also our um, subscription uh, numbers have been growing. And also 
the views on partner platforms as well because as yes everyone knows uh, everyone is at home kids are at home as well so parents are looking for um, digital uh, environments they can trust and because everything that helps it does is about learning we are fitting right in and are quite helpful to parents i think are you seeing a lot of increased attention to ed- the, the more kind of educational side of your content Yes, um, and also we are going to be launching uh, what we call Hops the School to be even more helpful. We will have every week a different um, learning topic. Uh, it's all based around our learning discovery um, framework. So you will have language lit- literacy, you will have STEM, all about the world outside of you, arts and crafts, healthy body and mind, family and community. So we are going to be changing content in a special area in the mobile app every week. And this will also be accompanied by additional resources. So we have our head of learning, Lilia Ingram, on stuff. So she was been preparing blog posts and additional activities for parents to do with kids at home. The other thing we also did, we uh, produced um, new original content that is focused around hygiene. So we, uh, as the first thing, we went to the creators of Two Minute Tales, which is our most successful original IP, and they have created Two Minute Tales Stay Safe Tales which is about, um, one is the, called The Very Sneezy Princess. It is about how you should be sneezing in your elbow. Or The Magic Hands, which is about how you should um, wash your hands properly and why. And then additionally, we have, com- we have commissioned original songs as well. We are just finishing animating one about social distancing because we heard from parents that uh, the idea of social distancing or exactly what is two meters is quite hard, difficult for the kids to grasp. So, uh, we are, as I said, we are quite busy during those uh, challenging times. And so you haven't seen any disruption to potential animation that you're wanting to produce? No, because we work with um, smaller studios, so very often they work from home. So we went to the creators um, we've worked with, with before and asked them about ideas, what they can do, and they were very happy and keen to do it, but we are also starting animation in-house as well. I suppose Hopster, given it received quite a lot of investment towards the end of last year, I suppose that the timing for that is, is quite good. Obviously, the situation is bad, but... Timing-wise, that's worked out quite well. So is that allowing you to kind of scale up slightly? Yes, yeah, so, so we, um, we are well-funded, and so we don't have to worry about it right now. So we can invest in, for example, original content to make sure we are on top of things and relevant as well. Um, so unlike others, we are not stopping our original uh, content development. And how about acquisitions? Because I suppose with usage going up, that's um, kids are getting through the library quicker, um, burning through content. So are you having to ramp up acquisitions as well? So we are having our own plan, but we change slightly when we launch shows uh, just to again stay, stay more relevant. But we are still doing acquisitions. We have a plan for the whole year. But, but would that are you doing more acquisitions than you maybe would have done if this situation happened? I would say slightly different. So we were looking for, um, uh, we were looking for shows that either... Um, help kids be creative in, in, indoors, for example. Um, uh, we have our original content, which we did for the environment theme and the Earth Day, which is about appreciating the environment. However, it's done quite difficult now, so we just commissioned additional arts and crafts um, resources. So we are just like repositioning 
and spending um, the budget where it makes more sense right now. It's probably you know too early to tell in terms of how what, what some of the impacts of the this coronavirus um, crisis will be. But do you think it, it might allow the kind of kids industry a kind of moment to, to, to kind of reset slightly? That's an interesting thought because most of the industry has to stop right now. And I think especially in times um, right like this, like thinking that you allow yourself for two or three years development time to launch something. I'm not sure that's going to really work because as we can see now, you have to react quite quickly. Um, so I hope this will change a little bit the way the industry works and maybe walk away from those 52 uh, episodes that take again three years to develop and you can't change anything in the middle and start to react slightly quicker and be also more creative with budgets, I think. Maybe this will force uh, to think about the budgets in a, in a slightly different way. Yeah, I think it's interesting looking at com- companies like Hopster um, that have a kind of startup background as opposed to the kind of the more traditional companies um, in the kids industry and, and the different ways you approach programming and commissioning. Yeah. You're very, very short form. How are you able to make the library kind of big enough when you're doing mostly short form? We both have we are content creators, but we also have the platform, so we have access to data. So we can see what works and and then also when, for example, a certain episode will stop working. So it allows us really to like turn on and turn off in a way content. So because we have access to data, um, it's easier for us to decide what is the next step, what to produce. But also we always start with short bursts um, and test it with kids on our platform or our partner's platform. And then if we see it works, it is engaging enough, then we will um, commission commission more episodes. So it's a different way of doing it. And so our library works till, till we know it works and then we can commission an additional, um, additional episodes or seasons of, of shows. We're writing a lot about how the ad market is very challenged at the moment and you're subscription-based, so you don't have yes. to worry about that. Is there a kind of subscription drive going on amongst services like yours at the moment? I mean, um, yes, we, we, we are seeing definitely more, um, uh, like last month was our best month. Um, we also, what we, also what we did, we uh, normally have a seven day a free trial. We extended it to a month just because I think it is fair and uh, our, we believe in our product. So we know when people will try it, they'll see it. So we will see really the uptake on subscription after a month. But so far, uh, it's been really, really encouraging. And yes, we don't rely on ads, so that makes it slightly easier. And I think our positioning that hasn't changed, which is all about safe and all about learning, it's all about allowing the kids to pick their own content. Um, Now it's even more relevant than it's been before, but we haven't changed it. It's just um, more parents are discovering us now because they're really looking specifically for something like Hopster. Hopster's Mickey Hoynatska speaking to Nico Franks. That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow. But in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online online on mobile and social media thanks for listening